Woo, intro, this is the intro, intro, some more intro, uh, <laughs> okay, here's, here's the tea, here's the tea, I don't have my ukulele with me right now, so I would give you guys the beautiful intro that I had last time, Ugh. but sadly, I, do, I don't have it right now, because it is at my dorm, because I'm going to college, which, which is exciting, but that's not what I want to talk about today. Uh, I might do another episode, like, once I get to my dorm or something like that, because I haven't done one in a long time. Makes me feel bad. Ah, anyway. Um, let's see. What is going on? What is happening? Oh, yeah. Um, what do I want to talk about? Frick. Um, oh, I know. Okay. I know that this topic is niche because it is. And, um, it's not like one that everybody's going to relate to or know about, but if you haven't seen the series that I'm going to be talking about and the movie that I'm going to be talking about, well, if you haven't seen the movie, God bless you and you're lucky as heck. But if you haven't seen the series that I'm going to be talking about, you're, you're, you're dumb. You're, you're really dumb. Anyway, so (laughs) here we go. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender. That's what I want to talk about today because, first of all, I just like to rant about it and um, it's just one of my favorite things to talk about with people and with um, new friends and stuff. Like, if I, like, I ask them and they're just like, yeah, I've seen it and it's wonderful and if they haven't seen it, I go, you you need to watch it, bruh. And I'm just gonna, like, I'm, I'm just gonna plant them in front of the TV, the non-existent TV that I don't have. I'm just gonna plant them in front of the TV and I'm gonna make them watch it. I'm just gonna stare at them the entire time if they haven't seen it yet <laughs> um so yeah that's what i want to talk about but not not specifically the series itself i don't want to talk about the series i want to talk about the movie probably one of the most inf- infamous movies of all time mainly because of how bad it was <laughs> am i gonna get sued could i get sued for this i don't know i'm not gonna assume then I'm gonna get sued for this because, like, free speech. But, like, still. I think the only way I could get sued for this is if, like, um, I was a part of the movie in some way or I had, like, a contract, which I don't. So, um, let's talk about it. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with the things that I thought about the movie was okay. And then I'm gonna talk about the bad things. So... Because there there wasn't anything good. There wasn't anything good. It was okay at best, I would say, for this movie. Um, <laughs> oh, God. The, see, again, the bar, the bar is on the, the bar is on the gosh darn ground. <laughs> so, um, good things. Or, at, okay, okay, okay things about the Avatar The Last Airbender movie. Um... There are some Asian people in it. Uh Yeah. I I will say the one the one thing that I do kind of am okay with is the costuming. The costuming is actually pretty authentic to what is supposed to be like what it's supposed to be based off of. I do I do like everything that they did with that. From everything from Katara and Sokka's costume to 
I like the adaptation of Aang's... Aang's costume that they did because I feel like they tried to make it up as authentic as possible, which is very ironic for the circumstances of the characters themselves. (laughs) But I think that I like the costumes. Anyway, that's the okay things and parts of the movie. Um, that's literally all I can think of. So let's get to the juicy stuff, the meat, the good stuff, or rather, the bad stuff of the movie. Basically everything else, it is trash. So, it's not just about, like, um, the obvious things that are wrong with the movie, which I'm gonna get to later, but there are, like, some specific details that just make it so bad. So let's talk about, first of all, the CGI. The CGI, um, is interesting. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, like, specifically, like, the bending styles, I would say. Let's get to that first. So we have water bending. The water bending looks pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. It looks pretty accurate, and, um, it looks interesting. I think that the thing that I like the most about here here's another here's another okay thing. I think the thing that I like the most about the bending specifically is the water bending. And that is because it is it looks like it has weight to it. It doesn't just look like, you know, Katara's like whooshing her hands around and it's going all over the place. Like there's like dripping water from like the droplets that she has. Like she struggles with it a little bit and um just like she does in the original series, that kind of stuff. And um, I think that that's like a really interesting aspect of it. But the other bending styles, my guy, is just... I think, I think they also did airbending pretty well. Like, you know, you can't really mess up like whoosh, you know. Um, but it's the fire and the, and, the, and the earth bending for me, bro. Um, that really, really just make me hate myself. Um, so let's talk about, first of all, firebending. This one is probably, like, the okay one, but I think that I saw an inner, like, a interview, clips of an interview, uh, from the director, M. Night Shyamalan. What? Um, <laughs> he, he's a good director, but this was definitely not his best time, um, him talking about how he wanted to quote-unquote level the playing field when it came to the bending styles, which I really don't understand. Because the thing about the firebenders is that they are supposed to be overpowered. They're supposed to be able to produce their own fire. The fire comes from the breath. That was Iroh's whole thing in the series. It was the fact that it's sort of like a spirit and an energy inside of you is what firebending comes from and what it is. So that was, like, the whole thing about firebending, I guess. It's supposed to be, like, they used actual fire sources in the movie and they were able to control that, which is cool. It's just not firebending. It's just not firebending. That's the thing. And then, of course, the earthbending. Oh my gosh. Like... If they had made a second movie, how disappointing would it be to see Toph lift a little rock and throw it at somebody? Like, that would be so sad and disappointing and really, really just cringe. Because 
the thing is, is with earthbending, the reason why earthbenders were the last sort of like stronghold against the Fire Nation, the reason why they were able to hold their own is because of how powerful they are and how capable they are as a um as a bending type the reason why they were able to sustain their way of being and way of life is because of how much they were able to do against the fire nation the reason why bossing say existed was because of so so many powerful earthbenders and so I think that that's like the main reason why seeing that cringe, cringe, famous or infamous scene from the movie where like six powerful, burly earthbenders get together and they move a rock. <laughs> they throw a rock at a dude and that's it. And it made me so sad. Like that amount of earthbenders in the movie could level the amount of firebenders that were in that, like, prison camp, I guess. And also, the setting of that scene bothered me so much. It's an, it's a whole bunch of earthbenders surrounded by earth. <laughs> like, why did they just not use the original setting of the prison from that scene? <laughs> they were literally surrounded by earth. In the, in the series, there was a reason why these people weren't fighting back against the firebenders is because they didn't have the resources or the materials needed to do so because they were on a metal ship in the middle of an ocean and and up until then metal bending hadn't even existed and so with earth bending you need that source and they give it to them in the movie they give them that ability that power and there's just no point to them sitting back and just, ugh, it, oh my gosh, my thoughts are getting disorganized at this point because I'm getting so heated. Um, so anyway, that's one inconsistency or another inconsistency that I saw was just the ridiculousness of that scene and that just arc, I guess, in that story. Okay. Next thing, I guess, that I should move on to. I don't even know if what I'm saying makes sense, honestly. I'm just ranting at this point. But um, anyway, let's move on. That's the next thing I want to talk about. Okay, um, actually, some more things with the CGI. Um, first of all, let, let's talk about the obvious. Appa is freaking terrifying. Like, I don't know what they were doing with his, like, feet or whatever. Like, in the, in the, mo in the original series, he has more, like... I would say pause, which is weird because I think they were supposed to like combine um, a bison with a, um, what was it? I don't remember, but like the, you know, they have like this, the sky bison is a combination of two animals, you know, because that's with all animals in the Avatar universe, but like, oh my God. <laughs> Why did they make him look like that? He looks so scary and he doesn't look fluffy and he doesn't look cute. Like that's one of the reasons why people like loved him in the original series was because he was so gosh darn cute. And he had a personality and like, it just made me sad. And like they had that like whole thing in the first few episodes where like he couldn't fly and stuff because he was tired and stuff. But 
they didn't do that in the movie, I don't think. But anyway, I just, again, that's just another small qualm that I have with the movie. Um, And then I would say, what was the other thing? I don't think that there was anything else wrong with the CGI. Like, the CGI was okay, for the most part. Like, there wasn't anything, like, really weird or off that was really, you know. But, um, again, just talking about the bending styles and then Appa being a fucking monster weird thing. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, okay, so I guess we can get into the actual narrative of things. Um, I guess with things like the story and the plot and everything going on with within the universe. Um, hate it. <laughs> Absolutely hate it. Um, one of which, one of the things has to do with pacing. So, the movie is a short movie. It is an hour and a half long. Typically, for those kinds of series, I would have gone with like a two-hour movie at the at least. A two-hour movie at least. It's so short that you miss so many things from the original series that people loved, like Jet being a character, which I think that like they mentioned that he's like a little kid, which makes no sense. Um, Jet being a character, you missed, um, you missed everything with, like, the Northern Air Temple and the, um, the invasion of, um, and, like, the, you missed opportunities having characters like the, like, the kid in the wheelchair and stuff. I don't remember his name, actually, and that makes me sad. Um, but everything with, like, missing out on the journey and it just seemed very short and choppy in that respect um which really when I say this next point makes absolutely no sense because I think another really important thing when it comes to films like Avatar is following the style of the pacing of the original series not just in the story but in the in individual scenes themselves. I remember seeing this one review that captured it perfectly that talked about um, basically how there was this one scene where Aang was fighting a whole bunch of firebenders and uh, it, it was one long take. It was one long shot. And the problem with fight scenes that are just one long take is that you can't really focus in on any singular point. I think the thing that makes Marvel such a great example of what to do in this sort of scenario where you have these big like fight scenes is having these moments where you're sort of weaving in and out of the battle, like multiple, multiple, multiple scenes and individual shots that just make it so that it harmonizes and it makes sense (laughs) and when you have one long take of it just sweeping over the battle it looks chaotic and you can't really focus in on one singular thing I guess is what I'm trying to say but yeah that was just another thing I guess that I had with the pacing and with everything and stuff And then there was the choice, the choice, to make Katara the narrator of the movie. Which is okay, 
But there's a very important story element that is, it's very important to make a story cohesive and have a good, a sense of good writing. And that is the premise of show, don't tell. And with narrative stories, you really just want to, you really just want to um, make sure that instead of saying, hey, this character is mad, show that they're mad, show them, you know, ball their fists up and have like a scrunched face or whatever. Like, that's the thing that bothered me probably the most about the story itself was Katara narrating everything. Because, you know, instead of saying, oh yes, we went on this amazing journey, like, show the amazing journey, like, why did you not do this? Like, why is this, why is this not happening in front of our faces? Why are you saying to, uh, to us that we're doing some, something? Ugh. I'm tired, as you can tell. And the things that I'm saying are making less and less sense. But um, I hope this is semi-entertaining at least. So let's go on to the next thing. The humor. Where's, where's, as, um, as one of my really good friends once said, where's the flavor? Where's the flavor? And I'm not just talking about the casting. Where's the flavor? Literally, one of the things that bothered me most about the movie, and this is probably, like, my biggest thing, is that the sense of humor within the movie was completely gone. Completely gone. Sokka was, like, this angry, stoic guy and stoic, weird character um, that has, like... He's basically Sokka missing all of his charismatic qualities. And then you have Aang, who is, you know, supposed to be a 12-year-old, coming into this using... In the original series, I guess, he used his fun sense of, um, you know, his humor and sort of um, fun sense of being free and being a kid like that was completely missing from the movie and that's one of the things that made his character so amazing is that he used his like this his attitude and his fun spirit as a coping mechanism for the pressure that he felt and for the immense amount of things that he was going through at the time like when he found out about Monkeyatsu, he went into a state of sheer and utter destruction in the series. And it made you realize like how much this kid is dealing with. But in the in the movie, you don't get that sense because you don't know Aang as the fun little loving kid that he is. He's worried, he's like scaredy cat all the time. He's weird and that's just one of the things that was bothering me about Aang's character but um I guess that's just another thing that's just terrible is that there was so little humor in it and there's so little substance to every single one of the characters in it um and granted there aren't that many characters to be honest in the original movie in the movie at this point 
in the original series at this point because, you know, it's just Sokka, Katara, and Aang at this point in the, I guess, quote-unquote, um, Team Avatar. Um, and so that just... Again, the humor is one of, like, the thing that things that I enjoyed the most. Like, they didn't even put in, like, the whole thing about, like, the secret title, you know. And that was just another thing that I really missed, I guess. And I think that, like, for the first book, the one thing that got you through it was Sokka's um, humor and his sense of, like, internalized... Um, goofiness I guess and his personality like his personality was just totally totally lacking and I'm not gonna put it I'm not gonna put that on the actor I'll talk about the acting later but I'm not gonna put that on him because he did the best that he could with what he had I guess and at the age that he was I'm putting that on specifically the writers because they didn't insert any moments that were funny for him they didn't give him any chance of being his goofy self the um Sokka that we all know and love and um I think that that was just like one of the worst things I guess because it's it just makes the whole thing like so boring and I think what they were trying to do was take the series and take themselves seriously which was the worst thing because the the series the original series isn't serious it is very quirky and very lighthearted and fun um for for some of them for some of it like the balance between the humor and the drama side of avatar the last airbender is so balanced and when you are skewing it to one side which in the movie's case is the dramatic side, you lose so much of what the original series was. And, like, you miss so many moments that are just so iconic and so fun that it doesn't feel right. So I guess that's what I have to say about the humor. So speaking of the actors, Sokka and Aang and Katara and stuff, let's talk about the acting. (laughs) Because I love teenage theater I love people who are young and they are actors because they have this amazing ability to connect with young characters and that is another thing I think that I liked about the movie is that they used real teenagers to portray real kids and so when you think about things like um like how the acting was in the movie, you get to, you sort of take into account these kids are young. They haven't had a lot of experience. They haven't had a lot of time in the spotlight or anything like that. But here's the thing. In the movie, they, it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, like take Aang and Katara, for instance, the actors. Um, there's like these weird, awkward moments And this, again, could be a framing or pacing issue with the movie. But for me, it's an acting issue because there are just moments where they just stare at each other. And it's weird. (laughs) And it's just 
so unnatural and so unnerving to think about and to look at and it's just so weird to watch anyway um and again like I talked about like Sokka being like the least funny thing on the face of this on the face of this earth in that movie um but again like and they they sort of the three of them sort of even just blend together as characters in that regard because like you lose so much of their personality in the script in the fact that there's no funny lines or there's no humor in it and that's it just makes me okay anyway um let's talk about one character that i haven't mentioned yet um so i've talked about Sokka why i hated the fact that he's not funny i hate i hate the way that they did ang with the fact that he's not childish he's not you know fully he's not you know non-mature um and katara who like again weird pauses and stares and stuff and just awkwardness and just general like why is this happening kind of deal with her character (laughs) um but there's one character that there are two actually that i haven't mentioned and that is zuko and iroh zuko iroh and Zhao. i would say let's talk about those three um the fire nation in this movie is weird is really weird because at there there are certain points where you just you're just kind of laughing because they're less of a threat and more of a joke which i would i would argue that the fire nation zuko the actor is not bad he's not as bad as some of the other characters same with the iroh and zhao um i would say but there's there's they're obviously still pretty bad um so let's talk about Zuko first. Um, his entire character is based on honor. His entire legacy and his entire being is about capturing the Avatar, regaining his honor. And the mark that sort of gives him his motivation and the thing that drives him is his scar. A scar on his face. And in the movie, it is very, very played down, I would say. Now I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to the race and the ethnicities of the actors later because that's a whole nother topic that I'm gonna talk about. But with Zuko, like the scar blends into his face pretty well. And with the series, the original series, it is a very, very distinguishable mark on his face. It is very prominent. Like, you can't miss it. <laughs> you obviously can't miss it. Unless he's wearing, like, a mask or a helmet or something like that. But the thing with him in the movie is that since his skin tone is darker, it's not as present. And again, we'll get to the whole race ethnicity thing later. But by making him have darker skin you can't see the scar as much which is is okay like at least he's asian but we're gonna again talk about the whole race thing later um i think i'm not quite sure what race or ethnicity the original actor is um 
But the entire Fire Nation is based on Japanese people, so I'm not quite sure why they picked Middle Eastern slash Indian people to play these characters. Like, I, I just, I really don't know why. Ugh. Anyway, again, we're gonna get to the race thing later. But I think that the, it's not just the, again, the darker skin that, like, plays down the scar, but it's also the fact that, like, they didn't make it, like, any overpronounced thing. Like, I think that one of my favorite, like, some of my favorite moments of Zuko is when they do, like, a close-up of, like, a sweep over his face and a sweep over his eyes in the original series because, like, it shows, like, there's, like, half of the side of his face that's, like, burned and half of the side that's, like, normal and stuff and that's not burned. And, like, those shots are completely missed in the movie and, like, it's barely noticeable on his face. Again, that I... Again, like I said earlier, um, and you can't see it really. And like, there are some moments when like he turns his head and I like, I, I see it and I'm like, oh, it's, it's his face. And you don't even notice the scar until you look at it for another second. And the fact that it's one of his defining characteristics and qualities about him and it's downplayed so much in the movie it it again just it just bothers me so so much i guess and then there's iroh who again the funniness and the humor is just completely stripped away from him and just completely just non-existent he's like the serious guy and sure he's like a father figure to zuko and stuff but like other than that he serves absolutely no purpose same with Zhao. Like, Zhao was always, like, annoying to me, I guess, because he was, like, you know, kind of the throwaway villain. <sighs> but, um, the fact that, like, again, they didn't give him any, like, specific drive or qualities that is scary in the least sense in the movie is just so bothersome, and it just bothers me so much. Um, anyway. And there's one more thing about the Fire Nation that I want to talk about. And that is that they reveal the Fire Lord in the middle of the movie. Not at the end. Not towards the beginning. Well, that wouldn't make sense anyway. Not at the end. Not in book two, which is... Not in book two, which is actually when... Well, actually, no, book three when you actually get to see his face. They reveal him in the first book, which makes absolutely no sense in my mind. And like, you see him and he's supposed to be like this intimidating, like looming shadowy figure in the background and stuff. And he's just not, he's just this regular looking guy that just pops out of nowhere. And you're like, oh wow, that's the Fire Lord. Like why? <laughs> and that was like, I guess, like, one of my favorite things about Fire Lord Ozai in the original series is how intimidating he comes off, I guess. And it's just bothersome. So many, so many things that just bother me about that. Ugh. Okay. Anyway. I think the last thing that I do want to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender-wise is... Or The Last Airbender, I guess, is what the movie is called is the race 
the racial issue. When I first saw the movie, I couldn't really tell because I was like, I was like 10 when I saw the, the movie for the first time. And so I didn't really pay attention to anything like that. But in the early 2000s, there was little to no representation of actual Native American and Asian actors in the original series. The thing about Avatar The Last Airbender that it makes it so authentic is that the waterbenders are based off of Native American people. Um, The earthbenders are based off of Chinese people. The firebenders are based off of Japanese culture. And the airbenders are based off of Tibetan monks. And so when you get white actors and white kids to play Asian and Native American roles, it just doesn't work. Because white kids are not going to have the same experience that Asian um, actors or Asian kids have or Native American kids have. And the fact that they got this, these pasty white boys and pasty white girls to play some of the main characters, like the, character, the kid that plays Aang is white. The kid that plays Sokka is white. The kid that plays Katara is white. The woman that plays Gran Gran is white. And that completely strips away the authenticity that the original series gives. Because the only actors that play, that are people of color in the entire movie are those that are in the Fire Nation. And even just talking about the fact that these characters are Middle Eastern slash, um, or are just Middle Eastern, it plays into that negative stereotype of Middle Eastern people being the villains and being bad and being scary and stuff. And that in and of of itself is just terrible. (laughs) And... Oh my god. As you can tell, I'm very tired. (laughs) Um, And I think another thing that really, really irks me, I guess, about the casting of white people is the way that the director, M. Night Shyamalan, did it and also defended it. He said that the characters are very, in the Avatar series, the great thing about the characters in the Avatar series is that they are quote-unquote racially ambiguous which makes absolutely no sense when it comes to a the the skin tones like Katara and Sokka have darker skin tones than a lot of the other characters um the garments the um 
everything that looks like and is based off of Inuit and Native American culture when it comes to the water tribe. Like, it's, li- it's literally called the water tribe! <laughs> uh, like, like, the fact that it's called the water tribe and he didn't immediately think, oh, that sounds like something, like, you know, Native American. Like, the style of, like, um, you know, like, indigenous culture and stuff. Like, the fact that that didn't want for one second go through his head, just it just bothers me so much. And M. Night Shyamalan is, is Indian. And him being a person of color, making a movie with white actors playing Asian people... It, it, okay. Um... In this era of the Black Lives Matter movement, I think calling out this kind of stuff, calling out racial issues and racial problems is really, really important. Especially for movies that like existed in the early 2000s and stuff. And just being in this society where people of color are constantly bashed on for being stereotypical or for the erasure of culture in movies is just so... It just bothers me so much. And the fact that people said, like, multiple people looked at this casting board and looked at the amount looked at all of these characters and said, okay, this is fine. It bothers me. It legitimately does. And it was the early 2000s, but you cannot chalk up the fact that pretty much all of the characters are played by white actors. You can't chalk that up to the quote-unquote time period, which it, it was pretty recent. It was really recent, actually, when this movie was made. And it's startling how okay so many people were with this choice. I think that the one thing that really makes this movie so terrible for me, other than, again, what I said about the humor and stuff, is the lack of authenticity and the lack of culture in the original movie. Because with the amazing, amazing set of diverse roles and cast for this incredible, incredible TV show that came out in 2000 and like, was it 2007 or 2009? Little kids that are of Asian and Native American descent could look about their TV screens and see themselves And the fact that they couldn't do that for the movie of the same series, it's, it's devastating. And it's so terrible that that's a fact. You also have the fact that the original writers of the show, they put in their input. They weren't directly a part of the movie, but they did have input into what was going on. 
um, within the movie. But they didn't listen to them at all. Which, there was so much backlash after the movie came out where I'm just like, why, why does this movie exist? Oh my god. Anyway, I guess that's all I have to say because ranting about this movie is fun. Um, I think it is a good thing to learn from when it comes to casting, pacing, directing, acting, authenticity, and just everything. <laughs> it's a good learning experience and I think that if you go if if you are listening to this and you're planning on going into the fi- f- the film field and you want to be a director or you want to be a film actor or you want to be like a producer or something like that watch this movie and watch it with a critical lens i think because you can learn a lot from it obviously um i haven't watched it rewatched it recently which i probably should have done um and this is just going off based off of memory and a couple of reviews that I watched on YouTube about it and stuff. But um, watch the movie, I would say. And I'm, I'm going to probably watch it after this because it has inspired me. <laughs> Quote, unquote, <laughs> inspired me um, to rewatch it. But um, yeah, I think it's a good lesson to be learned. I guess. And I'm very I'm very optimistic and excited for the new live action series that they're going to do on Netflix for Avatar because anything could be better than what they did originally. Like there's an open casting call as well for that movie, so if you are of Native American descent and you are Asian, um go ahead, audition for it. You can totally um there, I think that um, online auditions are coming up soon, and I know for a fact that they did. There's one actor that was, that is going to be in the movie. I know that um, the original character, the original actor that played Jet in the movie, the little kid, he's grown up now, and obviously, but he also has, um, he's gonna be in it. In some form or fashion. We don't know who he's going to play. We don't know if he's going to play Jet as the new um, series, in the new series, or if he's going to play a different character. We don't know. And the other thing that I found out that is really cool is that Dante Bosco, the original um, voice actor for Zuko from the original series, is coming back to also play a new character in it, which I think is amazing. Um... I don't know who they would put him as, actually, because I think that he's probably just going to be making a cameo. I'm not quite sure. Um, some say that he, he should play, like, the Cabbage Man, which I don't know how I feel about that. I think that, like, isn't the Cabbage Man supposed to be, like, older, I would say? I think he's too young to play him. I mean, I would love it if he would play Iroh, but again, he's a little bit more younger than that. Um... But I can't think of anybody. Maybe Zhao? That would be really cool. <laughs> but that means we would only get to see him like in the seat in the first season and not anywhere else. So I don't know. 
who do you guys who do you guys want to play? Um, who do you guys want um, Dante Bosco to play? I think it would be really cool if um, he played like somewhat of a major character. Um, Haru, that would be interesting if he played Haru. But again, he's I th- is he I think he's in his thirties now. So, and Haru is definitely more on the younger side. He's more like I would say um, Katara and. Um, Sokka and Aang's age which by the way if you're wondering and you're worried about it um, they are planning on aging up the actors a lot Um, they're planning on making Katara and Sokka and Aang I think at least 18 um, if I'm not sure maybe if not 18 then 16 which would make a lot more sense I would say maybe Aang would be 16 and then Katara and Sokka would be 18 um, or Sokka would be 18 and then Katara would be like 17 or 16 or something like that. So that's, I would say, what the age range would be. And they're also playing, and they're also planning on getting, um, um, younger actors to play those roles and stuff, um, which would be cool, which would be really cool. Um, they're also looking for people with a martial arts background, obviously. Um, and yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for the live-action series. Um, So yeah, if you're interested in auditioning, by the way, and you are of the proper race, obviously, go ahead, like, go, you go, you go, Glenn Coco. Um, Again, it's an open casting call, so pretty much anyone can audition, so that's really cool. Um, I'm not sure the the details of it. Um, I'm not sure. I think that if you can, you just look up, like, casting call Avatar The Last Airbender Netflix, um, I think you'll be able to find something. But yeah, that's really interesting. And I think they're going to start shooting in 2021. That's the plan, I would say. Because, um, you know, <laughs> certain pandemic happened and stuff. They were planning on starting shooting uh, this fall or this summer, I would say. But uh, things got things got a little derailed, I would say. <laughs> but um, anyway... I guess that's my rant for today. Um, (laughs) I'll update you guys probably this week on uh, college and stuff, my move-in and things, everything that goes on with that. But uh, yeah. Um, Hmm. I guess that's all I have to say for today. It is, what time is it? It is 11.30. (laughs) So I should probably get to bed (laughs) soon. Um, But yeah. Um, this was fun. This was a good rant, I would say. Um, again, what character do you guys want Dante Bosco to play? (laughs) Um, and anything else, any other qualms that you have with the original Avatar The Last Airbender movie, go ahead and, I don't know what the commenting system is on this, if you can comment, or if you can, um do anything like that or if you can like like this or send me messages or whatever um because I'm still new to this app (laughs) but uh yeah um that's all I really have to say for today so um if you guys like this podcast go ahead and leave a like um and if you want to hear more from me um then I'll update you guys soon whenever I feel like it again this is a joke so we have to keep it casual here and we're just keeping it as a way for me to just rant 
I'm, you guys are like my therapists. So, um, if you are more interested in, um, stuff like this and also suggest topics for me, um, again, I don't know how you would do that. <laughs> maybe I'll create an Instagram or a, tw- maybe I'll create a Twitter for, uh, this is a joke. Um, that would be cool. Um, I'm not creating a TikTok about this podcast cause that would be kind of weird, but, um, yeah. So also if you guys, um, want some guests on here, that'd be cool. Um, I have my friend Xander who would probably be interested. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening, um, for literally 48 minutes, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I have to say for tonight. So thank you guys so much for listening again, and I'll see you guys later, boys and those that are not boys. (laughs)